Mmm, that's good. And welcome to a new episode of Morning Marketing. That's right. We're going to get your week off started right. We by me, but you can help in the process as well as I go through all the marketing news that is going on throughout the week or last week, but still relevant to this week as well. But still, there's a lot of things going on. So, as always, I'm your host, Brett Deister. So, let's get on with what's going on. So, Salesforce, if you use Salesforce, it's kind of more of the you know, CRM, e-commerce type of tool has been been around for a while. In tech years, it's been around for a while. Uh, It has its own Einstein artificial intelligence system, and now it's going to be, well, getting smarter, and Einstein's going to be able to help you out more with the e-commerce or the commerce cloud. This can help you with e-commerce, you know, kind of figure out what people are buying, where they're going for them, where they're clicking, why are they not buying this, because it's always the mind-numbing thing of why are they not buying this? What am I doing wrong? And then figuring it out. It goes from mind-numbing to figuring it out because that's always what it is. You're like, ah, my mind hurts. Why not? Why can't I figure this out? So I think it's good if you actually use it. There's also other things you can use as well. If you don't want to actually use uh, Salesforce, you can use anything from, I mean, just good old-fashioned Google Analytics and figure out what's going on with that, with the heat maps as well uh, to kind of figure out where people are clicking on. There's some Chrome extensions for that as well. Um, but this has just added another layer of figuring out what's what you want to do with it. Now, Salesforce isn't cheap, so if you're a small business, I would hold off from that right now. You also can just use plain old Shopify. Shopify is also a good one. Now, I will note that I do own a few stocks in Shopify, so if you think I'm being um, biased, there you go. I do own a few shares in it. Um, there are other ones, Big Commerce. There's WooCommerce, which is really popular in WordPress, which I also use as well um, on my own own native one. So take it take it for what it is, I guess you could say. I mean, it's really up to you. It's just be smart what you're going to do. Uh, you also have Squarespace as well, uh, which also has some pretty good uh, e-commerce metrics as well. So pick one that's right for you. Salesforce is usually more for the enterprise version of it. For you that are using enterprises, could be a great big win for you because big data is a really great thing to understand. If you can understand it, collate it, and kind of understand the data that's coming to you. If you don't do that, oh well. I mean, I can't really do much for you. I can't give you the money for it. But anyways, uh, moving on to Facebook. So Facebook, it had an interesting year last year in 2016. So... The problem is, is that, one, they were accused of their metrics being off, which they finally fully, you know, acknowledged that their metrics were terrible. Uh, it, it was pretty bad. There were some pretty bad metrics that were just off. For example, um, user sessions or just users or visitors in general. If someone left and came back on, they would count that as two, and they've had to kind of fix it. Their video metrics were off as well. But they also had a problem with quote-unquote fake news. Now, I say quote-unquote fake news because... Well, it's all, it all comes down to people actually doing their research. Now, most people actually don't, and that's the problem with it. They read a headline, they go, oh, I agree with that, and they share it, which, as always, comes back to headlines are important in everything you do. It doesn't matter. Now, do I want you to become the clickbaity headlines? No. At least, if you're going to do a headline, at least have something with it inside of your post 
or shirt or whatever you're going to do for a headline in general on the web. I do not recommend you lying to people, especially through titles, but be on the lookout that people will just click on headlines if they agree with it, if it goes along with their political ideology, religious ideology, or just a plain, just I agree with this in general type of a thing. It's something that you have to consider. Well, Facebook is like, all right, we got a lot of flack for this, so we're going to um, put some new rules down. So Facebook has some community standard guidelines for you. A, it has to be informative. That means that um, it has to engage with the reader. It also has to inform about their lives, about anything from sports, politics, and you know the vast array of things that people want to be informed about. They also say it has to be meaningful, so it has to have personal factors, it has to have something about a person, page, interest, similar interest, something about watching video length to find out some interesting thing that's meaningful to them. It has to be accurate, which goes to saying make sure your title isn't clickbaity and make sure that you're reporting or writing something that's actually factual and you do your best. I understand that there's so much information out there that you can't actually do your best. Especially for a marketer, that can be really difficult because you have 50 other million things to do as well. But at least try to be on the right path. Or if you can't research all of the information, take out tidbits and say, hey, if you want more information about this study, read it here and actually send it to the site that has the stats. Every time I read a news report and it doesn't send me to that stat report, I think it's not telling me the truth. Because if I have to go hunting for that, that's not helping your readers at all. That's not engaging or telling a story at all. It's making them go through a scavenger hunt that they don't want to play with. I don't want to play with that scavenger hunt. Show them the stat page. Do not make them go through a very long line of different pages to go to the right page to find the stats. That's all I'm saying about that. I get tired of going through news article after news article trying to find the stats and not and sometimes not actually being directed to the stats or there's a paywall. If there's a paywall then at least put that mention that somewhere in your article as well. Or have a partnership with whatever organization that does that saying, hey, look, can we have like a certain number that we will have our readers read it or have some way of the link only activates through that. Something like that would actually be interesting as well. But that's just spitballing some ideas out there. Also moving on, they also put authentic which goes without saying, try to be authentic as you can. Um, I mean, that that's, once again, a lot of these are a little subjective to whatever you are, but that's what Facebook wants, wants you to be authentic. Uh, so I guess the mainstream media should start being more authentic about their, you know, misleading uh, news articles, because a lot of them are basically left-leaning. That's all I'm saying. Facebook, you're shooting yourself in the foot on that one in general because then you should, then they should basically spam CNN, BuzzFeed, Huffington Post, MSNBC, actually mostly all of them, even Fox. I'll put Fox News in there as well because, and if you don't like the right news, right part, let's put all of everybody in the, in the non-authentic category because it doesn't align with your political ideologies. So authenticness is, it's a catch-22. I mean, there's no way for you to actually do that. And that's, there's just some things I wish Facebook would just not do, but I understand that they are actually getting, like, it, people are going, why aren't you stopping this? 
instead of them looking back at themselves and going, maybe I should stop this myself, because, you know, we're the ones that spread it. Also, safety is important. Making sure that your content is safe and goes with all law enforcement, doesn't have any malware, ransomware, anything like that. And that's what they're trying to say. And the last one, be respectful. All right. So they put on nudity, hate speech, violence, and graphic content. I understand the nudity, the violence in some ways in the graphic content. People don't like that. My main issue with this one is hate speech. Nobody can really accurately say what is hate speech because the problem is that everybody has a different definition of hate speech. I could say that communism is hate speech. And anybody that speaks about communism is hateful person and has deemed hate speech. Now, somebody else could say, no, that's not hate speech. It's just expressing your ideas. But which one's right? Because someone could say, well, this is hate speech. And the other person could say, this is not hate speech. So who actually gets to define that? Nobody does. Nobody in the Supreme Court does. Everybody in the Supreme Court has said, look, at hate speech is protected speech. Can we stop with all this hate speech? Because I'm really getting tired of hearing about quote-unquote hate speech because people are either butthurt that they can't handle what people are saying or they don't understand that hate speech is so subjective depending on what group you're associated with. All I'm saying is, Facebook, please get rid of that. I know I basically lambast you, and this is another one that I have to do because there is no criteria, there is no standard on hate speech that you can give me because everybody's going to have a different definition. That's like writing a marketing plan and putting something so subjective that nobody knows what you're talking about. This is the same thing. You can think that hate speech is great, but how do I know that you don't have a whole bunch of people that lean politically left and so everything that someone from the non-politically left progressive movement doesn't agree with or says could be considered hate speech. And then you're just silencing a different political ideology. So are you, is Facebook going to tell me, because I know they have people actually checking this, that they are going to have people of different ideologies, different backgrounds of what they think about looking over this and then deciding if it's hate speech or not, or is it going to be Everybody is on the progressive side, so anybody that's mid-left and over is all hateful. That's my problem with that. You give me no actual guidelines on how you're going to do this because it's so vague. And YouTube has a problem with this as well. And this is bad marketing in general. I keep on saying this. As a marketer, as someone that's marketing their company, you stay politically neutral. I know there's been articles saying you don't, but I would say those articles are misleading as it's just misleading in general. Because here's my point, and I'll probably be discussing, I will be discussing Gen Z later on the show, but here's my point about this you do not know what generation prior to mine or Gen Z will be. They could pivot right, they could pivot left. And so you could be like, oh, we stand for progressive ideas. Gen Z doesn't. So are you going to flip your message again? And so Gen Z is gonna see this and go, because they are way more technological savvy in some ways than millennials are, saying, well, you just said this prior to this, now you're, now you're changing streams? Doesn't make any sense. So, as a marketer, please, I know you have different ideologies. 
I know you may think more left, left center, or far left, but as a business, you are trying to reach the maximum number of people. That means you're trying to reach people from the left and people from the right. I have my own ideologies, but when I'm working as a marketer, I don't look at that anymore. I go, look it, I'm gonna try to be as least biased as I can, because let's be honest, we're all biased in some type of way. So your whole point is to be as least biased as you can, because if you're not, this could go very wrong very quickly. It's it's sad. It really is an unfortunate thing. But as a business, stay as politically neutral as you can. If there's something so egregious that it seems like universally everybody's against, then fine, stay against it. But also remember, there's a risk involved with everything. So if you think this is the least risky thing that you can do that won't have too much blowback on your company, I would say go for it. But understand that and stop saying hate speech. Anyways, moving on to, well, F Facebook again and now Facebook. And picking off of what I just said is that Facebook is now targeting individual posts for clickbait as well. So they're not just going after websites and making clicking on this website, but also us. So if individual viewers actually do it, well, they could be considered clickbait as well, and you won't see that anymore. So moral of the story, read the post that you're actually um, sharing. Uh, I know it can be difficult. I know it can be hard at times because there's just a lot of information. But if you're, if you're considering it, at least read, I would say, a good portion of the article so you can at least get the gist of it and so you know what you're actually, you know, throwing back at people. And, and there you go. But Facebook is finally targeting this and targeting it pretty heavily. Uh, so be on the lookout for it, especially for brand pages, because you want to make sure that you are, well, you're at least... Uh, you're at least showing or at least uh, sharing with uh, people the post that you want them to know that it's trusted and that you vetted properly. If you don't, well, I mean, that's up to you. All right, now on to Google News. So Google I.O. or its developer conference ha happened this past week with all new types of updates. And one of the ones was that web browsing is coming to VR and AR uh, as well. So Chrome is going to be coming into virtual reality and it's going to be more immersive than your web because obviously, why wouldn't it? Uh, but here's here's the thing about it. It's going to be an interesting thing because now there's an interesting possible thing with AR. So VR is great and it still needs to be built up as kind of more of a standardized or even more of a mass, a mass point of a lot of people having VR headsets. A lot of people don't right now. Um, most of them are pretty expensive, uh, so you don't, may not have to worry about that quite yet. But I would at least, um, at least keep my my ears open, my eyes, to, you know, looking at it to see where it's going. But my pivot to AR is more important because what Google is going to be doing is going to have an AR camera, where if you kind of like have the camera over, let's say on a table, it might give you alternative uh, tables as well. But Pinterest kind of actually does this a little bit, so this isn't really new. Plus, you have Pokemon Go that is a very AR-type uh, lens or camera, as they call it. It's not a specialized camera. It's just some type of code built into uh, the app in general. But what they want to do for Chrome is so if you put, let's say, 
uh, let's say a chair over your camera and it will populate uh, other types of chairs that you may buy from this as well or may be interested as well too. So this is a very interesting point that a lot of marketers should be looking at more closely than VR right now because AR is a little bit easier to build out because a lot of people have smartphones right now. So there's a lot of tech that you could use into that as well. But uh, easily integrated AR features is an interesting thing. So if you're a tech company wanting to sell, let's say, keyboards or mice, you might want to have or look into some type of thing about uh, that as well. So if people like look at have their camera over a keyboard and it populates your keyboard, it may, it may help uh, the purchasing in that way as well because you're trying to make purchasing the least painful as you can. I know it's difficult, but that's what it is. So I would really look out for that one uh, pretty quite easily. Now, AMP. So if you don't really know what that is, it's called Accelerated Mobile Pages, and it's kind of Google's way of the new web or the new way web should be. It's going to be faster, and I always recommend that people well try to get their website to be AMP certified or AMP going because it does load faster and Google will rank you better if, you're, if your website loads faster on mobile phones because that's what they're trying to do. Now, they're still building this out, but they have been coming out with a slew of new features every few months or so that I've seen. So be on the lookout for that, but they're also going to be pushing AMP ads as well. So the ads will be able to load quickly and they will not be pushed down either. It will also have now have a, a video ad format too. So you're going to have videos plus display ads as well. So it might be something to look into, especially if you want to get the, uh, if you just want to get people in general and most publishers are going towards AMP websites anyway. So you want to look into that as quickly as possible. That should be another important thing on the docket of things to figure out if you don't know what you're doing. For that right now there are other there are ad supported um companies uh seltra is one of them which will do video for you as well um from the picture that i'm looking at it looks very similar to uh premiere so if you have used premiere you might actually be pretty much at home with this as well so i would look into that as soon as you can i understand that a lot of different ones a lot of different things going on, but to have the AM, AMP ad framework, especially for videos, will help you, especially with integrating into mobile a lot better and pushing up those ad, um, all those click-through rates as well, because that's usually what we all want to do is to you know push those up even higher, even higher. Yes, yes. All right, so also at Google I.O., they uh, decided to... Um, talk a little bit more, or this has been, I should say, excuse me, this has actually been a, a, a growing trend a little bit more, but Google I.O. kind of um, accentuates this a little bit more. It's called Conversational UI or User Interface. Now you're going, oh, great, something else, CUI is what it's called. So there usually is user interface, which is usually your mobile phone that they're talking about, but this is more about voice. Because voice is becoming more and more important to a lot of different people. They're, they are on your smartphone. They probably are coming to your tele, no, not your television, but your fridge soon. They're probably on your TV. 
It also has Alexa. You also have Google Home. Apple's probably going to get in the foray soon, and Microsoft as well. But Microsoft also has Cortana um, from Windows 10 to their mobile phones that nobody really buys. I'm not saying that no one has it, but not very many people have it. Uh, so for marketers, this is kind of something you should perk your ears up on because this is the next kind of paradigm shift in marketing. Not only going to have to worry about SEO and the web and the mobile, but you're also going to have to figure out a way of pushing people to use more converse or pushing your company to use more conversational user experiences and making sure that it's uh, that it flows well, that it actually sounds conversational too. Um, because cars are going to have it as well. And I almost I also forgot watches have it as well. So it is going to be a prominent thing very soon. I mean, everybody's trying to do it from bots to whatever everybody's trying to do it. You even have Facebook having their own uh, virtual assistant called M through their messenger as well. Um, so the best thing to do is to probably find um, tools for it as well. There's several of them out there, so finding the best one for you is preferable. To also understand that context matters, so the environment matters, um, kind of uh, basically temporal matters on what happened right before it. Um, so that's another thing. Uh, behavioral is also a really good cue as well. Um, so this is going to be more of a build out. When you actually do this, this is going to be a very build out type of uh, manner of how you do things. So I would say start off easy first, start off with very easy commands, easy cues that you can um, program to be different uh, uh, different types of ways people are shopping. Um, are errors going to happen? Yes, but make sure that the errors, when you do have an error, doesn't sound like you're insulting the person that's using it as well. Um, but yes, I would start off simple first. Start off with simple commands, simple things like, hey, buy this for me, or something like that, or hey, what's the weather like? Something that's very simple for you to program and then build it out. Because a lot of these tech companies, what they do is they make it simple and then they build it out to more complex. If they did complex, it would be a lot of work and it probably wouldn't work as well. But build it off simply, build it off simple, Find one simple command that you want people to do that is going to be a habitual thing so that people will use it more often and build out from that so people can use it more and it can have more nuance to it as well because nuance is everything in CUI or that's how I think it is at least. Also, Google has announced um, Google Actions for app developers as well. So Google Actions is kind of like Fridges, um, Chromecast, anything like that to be actionable right through. So they're opening up to other hard, hardware developers as well to see what they can do with it too. Um, so you're gonna see a lot more Android Assistant actions based on this as well because Google is really trying to make home a really um, center point of the home now. Home, Google Home is the center point of the home now, yes. Uh, so you should, you should understand this. You should, if your company is into this type of thing, you should figure out something to do this. If you're a company that does a lot of, you know, um, furniture for homes, that type of thing, more home-based type of, this could be a good thing for you of, hey, but Google, okay, Google, buy me some detergent. Okay, Google, um, set this up. Hey, my Google actually went off at that time too. But that type of thing as well. Uh, so, like I said, it depends on what you want from it, but 
just saying, hey, and then the name of whatever you want to do, because I'm not going to say it again because my phone's going to go off again, um, could be really preferable to you. Now, as markers, like I said before, CUI, uh, assistance, and everything like this from AR to CUI to uh, home assistance and virtual assistance as well is going to be the new step in marketing. It's just not going to be social SEO and web. It's going to be social SEO, web, um, virtual assistance, and then um, also CUI. It, it, the times are changing, folks. You just gotta, you just gotta roll with it. Roll with the punches, because if you don't, you're gonna be out. All right. So it looks like uh, Google My Business has they've added some interesting things in 2017. So first of all, they removed all the permanently closed listings in the local Finder. But prior to it, they just left it there. But they said permanently, permanently closed. But they pushed it down further. Now it's going to be completely gone. Now the problem is, is that there has been reports that competitors have quote-unquote put other people as permanently closed, so you're probably going to have to do your due diligence to make sure that you're not on that list. I know it's unfortunate that that happens, and Google has done a really terrible job of, you know, at least um, streamlining, guaranteeing that they're getting the right information. I don't know why they're not doing it, but they're not doing it. Also, Google has removed the ability to see the classic version of Google Plus, but I mean, this is only really matters if you actually use Google Plus and it's actually a valuable platform for you. A lot of businesses, it's not anymore, so that's another thing too. Um, Google also has a Google Maps on desktop, so you can add, re uh, review, edits to business listings as well. So unfortunately, you're, like I said before, you're gonna have to be do your due diligence to make sure the competitors aren't changing your phone number to be their phone number so the people call them instead. Uh, so it's unfortunate, but you have to check it all the time. Also, Google removes pending edits from its uh, list, listing status too. Uh, prior to it, when they did edits, they would, you know, kind of um, do a pending uh, for this as well, which would kind of like take them off for a while until they, the edits were changed. Um, now it's just going to be changed kind of in real time. So once again, be on top of it if you have competitors looking to do that to you. I don't recommend you ever doing that to your competitors and beat them with better service, better products, better customer service in general. So you have that. So there's interesting things coming out from that horizon. Uh, so if you are more of a local business, this is something really, uh, really good for you to figure out on how to do it, because that's the only way this is going to work, is if you figure out how to do it. If you're a local business, it's important to you. If you're more of an internet-based business, this is not as important to you, because people aren't coming to your establishment. They're buying stuff online. So it's not as important, but at least you should look at it every so often, just in case. One of those just-in-case little things. Just in case. All right, moving on to um, the Play Store. So Google also announced that there's going to be more ads in the Google Play Store. Yay, because we all love ads. Now, it's great for marketers. Bad for users, because users, they really don't like ads, to be honest with you. I'm in that way every once in a while when there's a really intrusive ad. I'm like, dude, this, this is not how you get me to shop your stuff. This is how you get me to, well, this is how you get me to not ever shop. For you ever make sure that I block this always so 
Google says that there's been a huge bump in how many uh, app installs they've done for this, and they've been testing it out. So they're going to make even more because um, the ads have driven about, they claim, 5 billion app installs. So what's going to happen is there's going to be at, at recommended apps through ads type of tab for you in the Google Play Store, and then you can you can install them if you want to, um, but at least be on the lookout. Now, for marketers that are doing app marketing, this could be, you probably should put a, quite a bit of uh, resources or dollars, usually it is, or whatever currency you have, Bitcoins, um, into this because this is going to be this is going to be the biggest thing for you. They also have uh, redesigned AdMob since Google has been slowly redesigning all of their core products, so it should be good for you to you know look at that and see what the because AdMob is now using Material Design, which almost everything that Google does is using um, Material Design. So be on the lookout for that as well because it's going to be interesting. All right, now here's something for all merchants in the U.S. Google is now moving forward with the buy button. That's right. So they're taking beta requests for Google ad Google, Google ads for the buy button. Uh, this is going to be really important for everybody that's selling something online. It's a really good step forward because this could actually get people to actually buy through Google searches if they're, they're looking for that particular product. Plus, you put more resources into that ad if you were selling something than to anything else because uh, the whole main of your the whole idea of your business, if you're selling things, is people to buy your things. It's a whole thing. So it's great to see that they are pushing this out for U.S. merchants only. Now, if you're not in the U.S., I'm sorry, but this is how a lot of tech companies work, is that they do a staggered rollout. Uh, so be on the lookout for it. It will the it will be the shopping ads uh, targeted by buy on Google Display on Android devices as well, so you can get people looking on their Android phones, you know, maybe they'll purchase something. That's what we all want. We want people to purchase stuff, buy our stuff. It's so awesome. You should buy it. All right, so if you're using Google Analytics and you have a AMP web and also uh, for just normal web, the un-AMP pages, Google is going to be unifying them in Google Analytics. Yay, no more separation of that. You can get one unified analytics through that. Yay, that's 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 a great thing. That's a great, great thing because it, it's, it's just difficult, not because that you couldn't figure it out. It's because Google is so... Well, it's so big, it's so expensive, and so many different uh, analytics that unifying some things is just the the right step forward. This one's even better because it is basically your web page, anyways. It's only your web page on mobile because if you're using MP, you're probably using that more for mobile than the desktop version, anyways. So that's just great in general. I like that they're going to be unifying this across everything, and you're going to have one nice solidified unified uh, metrics that aren't going to be like, well, what's the AMP on this one? What's the non-AMP stats on this one? It's just going to be one nice unified. That's what marketers like. Unified for this stuff so we don't have to figure out every single thing. I feel your pain. That's why I'm talking silently for no apparent reason. Anyways, if you're excited as I am about that, let's party well, on our respective places because I don't know where you are. Also, for AdWords, AdWords is going to be adding offline conversion imports. Yay! So if you, you know, if you lost internet, 
which does happen. Um, you can file imports, can be scheduled daily or weekly. So that's awesome. So you can pick which one you want from websites, apps, and phone calls, and imports. You can click the imports, and you can tailor as well. You can also take advantage of uh, to use Google Sheets or links to file over HTTPS or SFTP as well. Um, to set it up, all you have to go is to tools, conversions, and then click and then click uploads from the menu to on the left and follow the steps as well. So this is another great thing. Um, it's great because, I mean, if you're not really around, um, around, you know, Wi-Fi or anything like that, or you're kind of getting low on your data, uh, this could be a great thing in general as well. So it's great to, you know, do imports for that too. Yay. All right, Alexa, Amazon's, uh, you know, home assistant, is also getting push notifications. Now, this is an opt-in only alerts. So if you're looking or if your company has already built out uh, skills for Alexa, this could help with uh, the push notifications to make sure that they're getting uh, the best information that they need to know right to their phone if they're not around Alexa. Because, I mean, Alexa is not mobile, but it's eventually going to be coming to a mobile product device near you probably soon, sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, you can do push notifications now. Push notifications are, are pretty popular on mobile because uh, Android and Apple does this all the time. So it's going to be interesting to see if people will actually turn this on or if they even know it exists. But I would say if you are using Alexa, you have skills for Alexa, you have baked in a code for that, I would use this or I would at least have the option for people to use this as well. They may not actually use it, but having the option for that is just... A good worth worthwhile thing to do. It really is. I mean, swear. All right, moving on to Facebook again, but Facebook's new update for Messenger. That's right. They have uh, changed it. It's a redesign. I would call it 3.0 now. I kind of look at 3.0 because 2.0 was the previous one. The camera button is not as big this time. Uh, it's very more keen to Snapchat's type of thing where they have all the pictures slash articles on the top and you have messages you have three different tabs this time from messages to active to groups this time so you have all those right there all right there so uh, for this could be important especially if you're going to be pushing out a lot more instant articles through Facebook, this could go through it as well. Face that's kind of their mobile version for articles specifically. Um, I do like the smaller camera. Also, games has its own tab because groups have been moved up to the top. Uh, there's also the phone calls and the and uh, basically uh, just other things is other button as well. So groups have been moved up. Uh, messages active in groups. Have been moved up to a top tab, so there's top and bottom tabs as well. So you have that. So it should be interesting to see what if people will actually like this a little bit more. I do like that the picture button is isn't as big. It's kind of a little bit smaller, which is also a really great thing. Um, so it's not like take a picture. It's kind of like hey, you take a picture if you want to. But if you use Messenger, there you go. If you don't, who cares? But Marketers, we should at least know what's going on with all these new updates because we need to be in the know, if you know 
I said no quite a bit. All right, Pinterest. So Pinterest is now introducing some new analytics. So if you're using Pinterest, this is a good thing for you to know. So Pinterest is going to be doing, um, and what it's called, it's called um, kind of uh, uh, pin stats, but it's pin stats for, uh, let's say pin stats for your specific pin. So when you open up the pin, it will kind of tell you kind of uh, the impressions, everything you would get from just the normal one, but this is more for the pins in general. So you're going to get close-up clicks, and uh, one more thing is save. So you're going to kind of know what the total engagement is going to be like. Now, this is a great thing because uh, this is going to be for both mobile and desktop. I tried to check on it today, and I didn't actually see, uh, see it right now because I do have a business page on my own personal page because I wanted to, you know, figure it all out because that's what I do. I have everything else except for that one. I tried my own pin that I pinned and it didn't really show me much or anything. I'll look at it again, see if I can find it. Uh, but for right now, it hasn't really updated for me quite yet, but it's probably gonna be another slow rollout as well. But this is another great thing for at least Pinterest to understand or at least Pinterest to say, hey, we have extra added value for you as well, because that's what you need to do uh, or especially for pictures to say, hey, look, we're still just as important. Now, they are really big in the image search, not like unlike Google, that's more about uh, text search. They're trying to get the image search as well. But Pinterest is really nailing it on the image search, especially since they are basically the place where you go to pin things that you want to do, maybe you want to cook, maybe you want to do projects for, etc. Or you're like me, that just pins infographics, text stuff, uh, coffee, and the podcast. But yeah. I still like Pinterest. I still think it's a great platform. It's just times changing. And so that's what you got to do. But yeah, I actually agree with this. I think this is actually really, will be a really big help for a lot of marketers, especially those that are actually using Pinterest to figure out how well their pins are doing and maybe pivot, change, or do something else with their pins to you know gain a little bit more traction. Because that's what you got to do. All right. So YouTube... It, is getting into the live streaming on the app. Now they've been doing this for a while. They've been more or less testing this out. Now, first it was all for a certain amount of number. I think it was like a million or over. And then, well, it was first just a select group of people, very influential people. Then it was to like 100,000 or more, maybe a million or more. And then it went back down to 100, 1,000 uh, subscribers or more. Now, maybe soon, maybe not. We don't really know because Google's never really upfront about all, all this all the time. It's going to be open to everybody. Now, I just checked today and I can't get on my own personal one because I don't really post anything on my personal one for live. But my business one, there is a go live because they're over a thousand. But anything that's not over a thousand as of right now cannot be going live. Now, there will be two buttons. There will be record and going li a go live. So... You will only know if you have that if you click on the camera button on your app and then it goes record and go live. Now, if you have a big following or you want to get more people following, this might be another good, good way of gaining traction because live does do a lot of great things as well. You also have super chats where people give you money as well uh, if you want to do that as a business. I don't know if you want to do that or not. Could potentially turn it off, but like I said, I don't know if you really want to do that or not. Um, but there, there is an option for super chats to give you money as well. Then we'll pin their chat at the top. But yes, there it will be going live feature maybe eventually to everybody 
soon-ish, depending on YouTube. You never really know with YouTube, so it could be next month. It could be in a few, several months. It could be in a few years. You never really know. But once again, because of before marketers, you need to understand this. You need to figure out if you if this is viable for you or not. YouTube is not something you can just avoid. Um, I would also recommend you looking into vid.me. Um, it's kind of a YouTube alternative because a lot of YouTube content creators have been a little miffed with YouTube, and rightfully so since their um, their monetization has gone down quite significantly over the past few years. Or actually the past several months, excuse me, it's past several months. It's been terrible for them. All right, if you are in, if you love Medium or you're looking into doing a blog for your company, Medium's a great spot. It doesn't you don't have to know anything about coding. It's all very um, it's all very standardized. I mean, there's things you can change. I try the publisher side of it. There's things you can change a little bit, but it's all very standardized. There's not much you can do with it, but it all looks very nice visual. Well, they're also adding an audio. Uh, stories to it as well so their push into podcasting could be a viable thing as well but like i said if you are a company looking to blogging but you don't want to set up your own blog for your own website this could be a good thing for you as well so you can set that up through um medium set up a publisher one and tailor that as well um my, that's my recommendation especially if you don't know how to code that's my biggest thing now the audio feature is for the $5 a month members only, and that's one of their perks. Uh, so if you are not one of those, you can't get those quite yet. We'll eventually roll out to every all the free users. Maybe, maybe not. I'm not quite sure what Meme's going to do with that, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see if they push forward into more podcasting-specific instead of relying on just SoundCloud. Because the only one that really works when you're kind of embedding it in there is SoundCloud, which I don't really like SoundCloud very much. That's my personal preference. Lipson's pretty good. Blue, uh, Blueberry's pretty good. Um, the only one too I really like the most right now. Blog Talk Radio is not bad. I'll, I'll, I'll give a shout out for that one too. I don't get paid for any one of them. So I use Lipsync if you're wondering, but I don't get I don't get any monetary stuff from this. This is completely free uh, right now. Now, if you want to support me, you can always buy coffee mug or t-shirt. Now, I'm debating if I still want to do ads again. i just trying to figure out if I really still want to do that. Anyways, moving on to once again, because we're going to go to Facebook, but notifications specifically. So if you didn't know, marketers, there is a business Facebook page where it actually does have a unified uh, messenger, Facebook post, and Instagram already. But uh, they're also going to be doing this anyways for just normal users to have a unified notification. So you can get all your notifications in one place. But this is actually pretty similar to the business side of it that I've been using uh, for the past one or two months already. Uh, I like it. There's a few bugs to it still so far, but I like that I can actually see what's going on. Now, the weird thing is if I actually already look at it on Instagram, it won't actually tell me that I looked at it on on the business side of it when I've done it before. So there's still a little bugs to it, but I think it's a nice way of finding all your notifications in one spot instead of going from one, leapfrogging from one to another just to get your notifications in general. Um, so that is the thing that's going on uh, with that. I think, it's a I think it's a nice step forward for Facebook because they need to find some way of doing that as well. Uh, but 
it's up to you if you just like to go native Facebook, native Messenger, or native Instagram without going to just one unified way. But I gotta give it to Facebook on that one. At least they're going one uh, nice direction on that one. So uh, a company did a stat on oh, who gets the most likes on Instagram, and lo and behold, not the biggest surprise that I could figure out for me, women got the best ones. Now, my thing is, is that I don't know why guys would be surprised about this because if you actually look at a lot of Instagram photos, especially from not, all, not every woman, but a good a good portion of women do like cosplay and everything, do a little bit more pr- provocative photos. There, I mean, you all look very nice, you all look very attractive, and all that other stuff, but you do very provocative photos a lot of the time. And so when I saw this, I was like, well, yeah, obviously they're going to get way more likes. But I will also say that this is a very low number for what how many users Facebook has. It only did about 1.2 million posts. And Facebook has about 300 million followers. 1.2 million posts is not very much. But it is kind of like a good like understanding of what's going on with it. So here's the stats. On average, women had an average of 570 eight likes and and comments combined to average men's of 117 average as well. Now, uh, the comments were a little bit better. Uh, There's about 170 to women to 113 comparable as well. So you have that too. So sorry, guys, if you think that guys get more things than that, you don't. Uh, But men usually tend to interact on both with sports and fitness. So those are your two main categories as well. I would also put tech in there as well, since I've looked at the stats of my own company, and a lot of it is very male-dominated. Not saying it's exclusively male, but it's majority male, like pretty, like over seventy percent. Uh, so that is something as well. Also, the text matters. So if you put something longer than long text that says "see more," you will have an average of fifteen percent fewer likes with captions with emojis that tend to get more interaction as well. And hashtags matter, matters as well with love, Instagood, photo of the day, beautiful, and TBT getting the most use, which is not the biggest surprise either. However, there's a lot of bots out there, so be careful about that too. Uh, you will usually know if they're bots or not, um, but it's called Hopper HQ. That's a company that did this. It was more in uh, Britain, but they said that the best for British users is from 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. BST, and weekdays is 11 a.m. Um, so there you go for that as well. Uh, but it is an interesting little, I guess, an interesting, like, broad view on what gets more likes and more attention. It's not really that obvious that women get more likes because, I mean, seriously, um, from what I've seen from either mine to my digital coffee Instagram to the company that I work for as well, most women's posts that I see are very provocative posts. Not all of them, but a lot of them that I see from cosplay to everything else are very provocative, very on the side of more revealing than not. So obviously it's going to get more attention, more likes. Now, is are, are they playing the game? Are they playing the right way? Of course they are. That's I'm not saying that they shouldn't be doing that. I'm just saying that there is a reason why they're getting more, and it's not. And it wasn't that big of a deal for me. It was like yes, I understand that part, but 
for marketers, it's good to know that. It's good to also know that it's still heavily dominated by women, but there's still quite a bit of men on there as well. So you have those two dichotomies as well. Just be sure you're knowing, be sure you're knowing what group you're going after and be sure you're using the right hashtags, the right um, way of saying it too. And don't say too much because most people won't read all of it. But that is their research. But anyways, I do want to move on to talk about kind of Gen Z and kind of why. And once again, my um, my my way of saying, please stay politically neutral. Now, you already said this before in the beginning of the show, but there are already stats out there that are saying that Gen Z is more conservative since 1945, which was the great generation. It was World War II and all of them that, that were the most conservative. They're very conservative. They're also very uh, technologically dependent on tech, or they're dependent on tech as well. They also um, are more in favor of isolationism. Uh, that means like we just don't care about anybody else. We just help ourselves type of a thing. So those are the things you got to understand about Gen Z. Those, and it's not going to be everybody in Gen Z. There's going to be some that's going to be more right. More, some going to be more left, and that's not going to be everybody. But the average is just like the average of my generation is very left, but I'm not. I'm not at all. So there are those two dichotomies playing uh, playing a part. So you have that as well. Now my thing about this is is that businesses that try to find a political stance on something needs to understand that generations shift, not generate. Not, Every generation does not agree on each other. They all have their differences about it. We're different from Gen X. Gen X is different from boomers. And Gen Z is different from millennials. You have to understand this. As businesses, when you say we have to take a stand on this political thing, I always say be careful because if it's a stance that only millennials believe in, you are shooting, shooting yourself in the foot because Gen Z might disagree with you on that one and then you're going to be hurting yourself for the future generations. Stay as politically politically neutral as you can. Be Switzerland. I don't really care. But don't try to take a stance if you don't need to. If you don't need to take a stance on anything, stay out of politics. Stay out of the presidential election. Stay out of it all. If you see it, ignore it. If you want to do it personally, that's fine. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you doing it personally. As a company, your point, and I will stick this as hard as I can, your point is to maximize your sales. Your sales are tied to people's different political ideologies. That's from the left to the right. It doesn't matter. You don't care about their political ideologies. If you do, you should not be in business or be in the business of opinions. But if you're in the business to sell products, you shouldn't care. I know some people and some businesses are like, oh, I'm... Breitbart, I have ads on Breitbart's. Burn them, burn the witches. No, it doesn't matter. Stand your ground. If these people are like, oh, how dare you? Be like, look it, we have people that buy our products that are both politically left and politically right. If you buy our products, I'm sorry you're upset about it, but I'm pretty sure you don't because you're complaining about some silly, stupid thing of an ad being posted on a website that people would probably buy anyways. We are here to make money. We are not here for your political commentary. Stay out of it. Stay out of it as much as you can. Just say, you know what? We're sorry that you feel this way, but we feel that we are better serving our customers that are both right and left by being on, di on a diverse 
uh, platforms of ideologies because food does should not matter. It should not matter because everybody has to eat. Uh, cars should not matter because everybody usually wants to drive or you Uber. Uh, it should it shouldn't matter, but it does for some odd reason because my generation has this stupid thing about being offended about everything and not figuring out that you not everything needs to be offended about. Yes, I'm sorry, you millennial that you're listening to right now, stop being offended by everything. Let it go, for God's sakes. I'm getting sick and tired of having news about some person being offended by some stupid thing that doesn't matter. As a business. As a millennial marketer, understand, even if you are politically left, I don't care if you're progressive or not. I will still talk to you, I will still market to you, and I will still do business with you. Because it's business. It should not matter what political ideology you are. What matters is if we can have a great business partnership. That's what I care about the most. I care about increasing sales. I care about increasing the brand. I care about that. Above everything else, I care about those things. That's all you should care about as a marketer. You should not care about, are they left or are they right? Do they have the right politics or do they not? Hmm, I'm going to have to investigate this a little bit more. I'd be like, no, you don't. Unless they're going to be your influencer and they do stick to one political ideology, you should not care unless it's so egregious, like they want to kill a certain type of race nor they really hate a certain type of gender then maybe you should care a little bit. Yes, do be picky about your business, but don't don't do business because of hate speech. Because it doesn't exist. Hate speech is just, I'm offended. And if you're offended, then you need to check yourself. And you probably need to you know read more books. Uh, but once again, businesses be Switzerland. I don't care. Don't give me like an excuse of like, oh, we got to stand up. For the oppressed, no, you don't. You're a business. You st you stand up to make yourself, make sure your business succeeds. The, the oppressed thing is not part of it. If you want to help the community and give back, perfectly fine with that. But as a business, you are there to make money. You are there to increase your profits. As a marketer, you're in there to help increase their profits. You're there to market it so m the most people see it. The most people want to buy it. That's your. That's your only purpose. Your purpose is not to be the moral police. Your purpose is not to do that at all. Stop. Stop picking political ideologies while you're working. While you're not working, you can do whatever you want. I do not care. But when you're working, you are neither left nor right. You are in the middle. And you stay in the middle until you're done. And if you have to work a little bit on the weekends, you put that mindset back in. And then once you're done, you're done again you gotta do that's all but that's done for my rambling for today and thank you for tuning in to morning marketing i hope you guys have a great rest of the week wow i could not say that rest of your week there you go and i hope you guys um enjoy the rest of your uh sunday and i will see you next week where i go through or next sunday i should say where i go through gaming and gamers cafe as always, guys, I'm your host, Brett Dicer, and please uh, follow Digital Coffee on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, you can follow my own Pinterest page, LinkedIn, and Instagram as well. And please be sure to uh, subscribe to uh, Digital Coffee on uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and please pick, up a, pick up a shirt or coffee mug at the Digital Coffee Podcast Store. All right, guys, see you next Sunday. Have a good rest of the week. Later. Bye.